and Jay have um, graciously come to speak with us tonight. So lean in, put your butt in the corner of your seat, as Taylor loves to say. Kind of difficult to do on a stool, yes. Um, yeah, and we're, and we're just going to get into it. So, Well, we definitely wanted to open with saying that uh, both of us have worked with youth for a, while, for a long time, and we love, we love you guys. When, you know, we look at, you might look at yourself in the mirror and see I'm young and I'm this and I'm that, but I look out at you, Jay looks out at you, and we see our future. We see amazing young men and women who God is working it out, and it takes time. You can't microwave maturity. And in our, in our day and age with our cell phones where everything is, comes to you in .02 seconds of everything that you need, maturity doesn't come that way. It, it, it takes time, and that's, that's, that's it. You can't, you can't microwave it. But when I look into to this crowd, I see amazing young men and women that God has got a plan for, and we love you, and we just want to help um, you just help today. We, we, I'm just going to start us off with a thought and then give it to you. So we're, we are in the Truth Hurts, and we thought we would take a little bit of a, you know, we were just all meeting beforehand, and we were going to go one way, and then we just all began to talk and think, well, let's take it a different way tonight. So I'm kind of excited about that, that we're uh, flowing in the spirit, because this is all impromptu, sort of, but, but good, but we, we you know, it's not. Anyway, so Truth Hurts, and it, it's, it's, I think it's ironic that that that's what this was called, and then we're here on a night where, where there might be some truth that has been spoken that hurts. And so what happens, we're going to take it a little bit of a flip of how, how uh, Pastor Taylor took it last week with exchanging a truth for a lie, and sometimes um, when you exchange truth for a lie and, and you then begin to engage in God's truth, sometimes that can hurt because you've been engaging with a lie. But what happens when you're given, when you come into your life, and you're given news, or you're, ha- or you're facing a situation, and the truth of that situation actually hurts. Your parents sit you down and say, we're getting a divorce. You don't get into the school that you want to get in. The, uh, the girl who you've been just for sure she was going to say yes to prom says no. What do you do when truth hurts? I, I think back to now, first off, I am so excited for all of you. I'm excited to be a part of what's happening here, to be a part of your lives, because I, I did not know God for many, many years. I wasn't until my mid-20s, until I read my first Bible and really started doing this. And I think back to when I was your age, when I was going through high school, and my parents got divorced. My parents actually sat down my dad and my mom, and looked at me and said, we're getting a divorce. Who do you want to live with? That was a really, really hard thing for me to deal with. And I had no idea how to do it. I didn't have any leaders around. I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have a fellowship of peers to help encourage me through that. Um, One of my best friends, his brother, really close friend, died in an accident in high school. I had no way to deal with it. So knowing God, though, and knowing how God can heal 
and God can help and God can lead you through these types of situations. Whatever you're facing, whether it's, like Molly said, not getting into the right college or not getting a job, family going through bankruptcy, whatever it is, God is a good God who can guide you and lead you through all of that. So um, what do you do? We're going to talk about some, some things of what do you do when you're confronted with information that is very painful. Um, and, you know, we can go through the laundry list of whatever that is, but I guess you're going to fill in the blank of something that, that, that reels you. You know, we, we, we're walking along life, and we, we're, you know, everything's going great, and then, boom, something hits you, and it knocks you out. You were not expecting to be faced with that situation. And here's the deal. I know you've probably heard this, but one thing, you know, as we get more involved with, with UD, and one thing that you can always know from Jay or myself, if you come ever come talk to us, is we are never going to lie to you. We're always going to tell the truth. And um, I don't tend to sugarcoat it. I tend to just be like, That sucks. And it feels awful. The fact that you are a Christian and you have God and that Jesus is, you have surrendered your life to Christ does not mean you get a get out of pain free card. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that. And I, and I think sometimes the first thing that happens when we're, when we're slapped upside the head and, and I do think that it, we do need to bring this up, and I'm not trying to get, um, you know, all philosophical on you, but I will always get philosophical because I am philosophically inclined, um, that it is that you live in America, we live in America, and we have it pretty easy. You, um, almost everyone here probably lives indoors and eats indoors. And you don't, you're not living out, outside, you're not having to fight there's not, um, there's not wars going on right around you. There's not uh, bombers happening all the time around you. You're not worried about some insurgents coming into your home and pillaging and raping your family. And I'm just being serious. Like, that's happening in our world. And so we live in this very safe environment, and so we can, we can kind of get kind of warm and cozy and toasty in our American life and forget that... There, that we have an enemy. And can we bring up John, the, the scripture, John 10, 10? Is that, did we get that? All right, so, um, so we're going to read the scripture. And I think that when, when you're hit with, with something painful or striking, you've, you, your emotions are reeling. And, and all you know is how you're feeling. It's pain. It's, it's, it's just, it's stress. It's whatever it is. And you're just in this tsunami of emotion. And we can forget truth. And John 10.10 says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We are living in a world where there there are two, there are spiritual, like in this room right now, there are angels in this room. There is a spiritual realm happening right in this room. Like it's right here. It's right here. Like, I wish I could see it. I wish I could see my angels. I wish I could see all your angels. They're here in this room. And there is a spiritual realm that exists all around us. And there are opposing forces. 
And Jesus says, there's a thief that comes to steal, steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come. And remember, God, when Jesus walked the earth, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He came to show us the nature of God. That's why Jesus came. Well, many other reasons, but big reason is that he came to show us the nature of God. And before this time, people had a different thought of who God was. And he is saying, I have come so that you may have life and life abundantly. It says that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. Now, with that, there being a spiritual realm and this natural realm, keep in mind, if you read in the book of Acts and you read through Paul's letters, he talks about the God of this world. And he always puts it with a small g because I won't get too into the theology of this, but basically there is a spirit realm and there's a battle between our adversary, Satan, and those of us who carry the Christian faith, who carry the Holy Spirit within us. There is a spiritual realm battle going on. And sometimes, you know, a lot of times when bad things happen to us, the first question is why? Why did this happen? And it's easy to look and say, we prayed for this. Why didn't this happen? And to blame God. First off, I want to say, if you read Psalms, you can vent those types of questions to God. You can, you can lay that out in front of him. He's okay with that. But another thing to remember is when you look at how Jesus walked this earth, was there ever an example, was there ever a time period where somebody came up to Jesus and said, will you heal me? And he said, no, absolutely not. That's not my will. That's not what I'm going. In fact, I'm going to curse you and you're going to die. Look at the boils. We're going to get boils. Okay, when Jesus came on earth, he was here to heal. He was here to set right. He was here to set the captives free. And when he left, the Holy Spirit came in so that we can continue to do that work. So when bad things happen, we have to realize that there's a battle going on that we can't see and we can't understand. But that doesn't mean it's God's will that these bad things would happen. And so here's one example. Let's say that you don't get into the college that you wanted to, or maybe you're not accepted in the major you wanted to, or you didn't get that job. You know, just ask, instead of asking why did this happen, the question should be how. How do I work through this? God, how do I make this work? Your word says all things work together for good. So how do I turn this into a positive? Where are you directing me to go? And often, you know, here's one thing. We think that our destiny with God is from point A to point B. It's a straight line. God, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to this college. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to marry this person. I'm going to, and it's all just going to work out. What I have found in many, many years of living I'm about 80 years old, is that, some of you are wondering if that's true or not, is that your path, <laughs> your path goes more like this. 
And there's many times that I have been in a job or been in a position, I'm like, I hate this. Why am I here? This is not my destiny. This is not my calling. How did I get stuck here? And then a year or two later, I get a job that I feel is my destiny. And guess what? The first thing I'm asked to do is all the stuff that I learned in that job I hated. So if I would have despised those times when I thought this is not going the way I had planned it, I would have missed out on the blessing. God was bringing me through what I thought was a horrible, bad situation. Um, I just wanted to pop back to what you were saying about in Psalm, how in Psalms, the book of Psalms, if you guys aren't familiar, um, there's many, many times where David is crying out to God and cursing God, literally cursing God, right? Um, in one verse and in the next saying, JK, I didn't mean it. I love you so much. Please save me. They're coming after me. I need your help. And I think sometimes it's hard to understand for us, like, what does God think of me? What, what is God's attitude toward me? And I just feel like some of us in this room need to know, like, God is not a God of retaliation. He's not upset when you've questioned him. He's not upset when you've cursed God and said, I'll never follow you. He's not like, okay, now watch this. No, God's not a God of retaliation. Um, but David, here's a cool thing about David, and this is the same for us, is he was called a man after God's own heart. He was one of the people who like threw God's name into the mud more than anyone else. But God, God's love is so much bigger than any hate that we could give him. God's love for our, each of you guys is so much bigger. God's love for your friends is so much bigger than anything we could ever do against him. And so David, like I just know for me that is so encouraging to know that David was called a man after God's own heart despite anything that he may have done against the name of God. Even, even doing things that he knew were wrong, sinning, and still claiming to be a man of God. And I know when I hear that, I, I hear myself in that. And it's encouraging to know that God sees our circumstances um, despite... He sees our circumstances um, as not a factor into how much he loves us and how he sees our identity because our identity is through Christ. And, um, yeah, I don't know. That just really I know I've had times where I've been like, dude, like why? And I'm talking to him, and I'm just angry. Like, I'm so mad right now. And, you know, he doesn't turn his face away and, not love me. Um, so, you know, what do we do when truth hurts? What do we do when we're giving, when we have truth and it hurts and we're, we're knocked? And, and I think sometimes when we're faced with a situation, maybe we've prayed for it and it doesn't turn out the way that we prayed. Uh, maybe we see something happen and we don't know wh why it's ending up that way. And so we have, a, so how do we respond when we're in pain like that? Sometimes we can take our faith in God and bring it down to the level of our experience. 
and say, decide, you know, I'm not going to pray for healing anymore because last time I prayed for healing, it didn't work. So why would I pray? You know what? Um, last time I didn't get it, so I'm not even going to pray. Because what's, what's even the point of praying? And we lower our faith down to our level of experience. And I want to challenge us all that we need to take God at his word. And go before God. And I have gone before God like that man that fell at Jesus' feet and said, Lord, help me with my faith. Lord, increase my faith. Help me with my faith. And I have, I have, done, I have prayed that prayer. And so if we go to God and say, increase my faith, help me to raise my faith up to the standard of your word, because actually what the Bible says, well, the Bible gives us many scriptures, but in Isaiah 55, it says, as the rain comes down and waters the earth and brings forth vegetation, right? That's how it all works. We've all had, have you all learned the, the water cycle in science in like fourth grade science that like the rain comes down and then it goes into the ground and then it comes back up and it evaporates and then it becomes cloud and then it becomes rain again and then it's the whole thing again, right? And so it does what it says. It, it does. That's what it does. It doesn't not do that, guys. We would not be living if it stopped. Well, Isaiah uses that and says, just as the rain comes down and vegetates the earth and it comes up and it goes back and whatever, so God's word goes forth. And it accomplishes what it was sent to do. And it does not come back to me without producing what it said it was to produce. Okay, so I think we need to understand that the word of God, God created the world with, he chose to use words to create everything we see. He said, let there be light. He chose to use words. He could have done anything. He could have been like, he could have, he could have, like, he could have done whatever he's got. He could have done whatever he wanted to set forth the motion of spiritual truths. But what he, what he did, and he did this for us, is to show us. I make, I, he knew, I'm going to make you in the likeness and image of me. So I'm going to show you now how to create your world. And I'm going to do it right now. Let there be light. There was light. And he just spoke things into being. And then he created man by saying, let us make man in our own image and created man. And he's giving us a template of how we can frame our own world by our words, by our faith. And we can choose to decide to use our words and say, I'm not going to pray for that anymore because the last time I prayed for it, it didn't happen. We can use our great power of words that way. And guess what? You'll have what you say. Or when you're hit with truth hurts, when you're hit with something unthinkable, you can begin to stand or kneel and say out of your mouth, God, you are good. I don't understand this right now, but I choose to believe that you are good. I choose to believe that Romans 8 says that your love is for me. And that nothing can come against me. That if God is for me, who can be against me? And I'm going to choose to speak these things out. God, I'm going to pray that because the Holy Spirit lives in me, that I am strengthened in your might 
by the Holy Spirit. It is not in my strength. It is all the while you who is at work within me, giving me the power and the desire to have the, the will to do what you've called me to do. And, that, and I'm, just, I'm just quoting scripture over myself right now. And I can choose to rise up to the level of the word. And that is not easy to do. Mm-hmm. I am not telling you something that's easy to do. Okay, just do this and it's, everything's going to be okay. No, it's still going to hurt because you have to walk it through. It's still going to hurt. If your parents come to you and say we're getting divorced, if somebody that you know is hurt and they're, they're if whatever the situation comes that maybe it's, a, it's, it's, it's the life is turning and there is no way back, it hurts but God. So one of the things that we do is we raise ourselves up by our words, by our creative force, and we bring ourselves up to the level of the word as opposed to allowing our faith to sink down into the level of our experience. And also, make sure you're around people, mentors, peers, who help lift you up as well. It's so easy during those times to get together with people with a like spirit. And you get together and you're sad together. And you're justifying each other's sadness, which multiplies your sadness and gets you even further down into the door. And then it gets really hard to get out of that when you're surrounded by people who are... In fact, it becomes a sense of pride that you are so sad. I know that sounds weird, but you can be prideful in your sadness. And it becomes your identity. This is who I am. The world hurts me. And that's just the way it is. Now, Ecclesiastes 7.3 says, Sorrow is better than laughter, for sadness has a refining influence on us. That doesn't mean God brings bad things to us to teach us a lesson. Okay, That's not what this is about. It's not about you wanting sad things to happen. What this scripture is referring to is when things are going great and your victory after victory after victory, it's easy to start thinking that you're the one who's causing those victories. That it's because of, I'm so wise, I'm so smart. Or, God, look, God bless me so much, and you just flow on and you never grow in your relationship with him. It's easy for God to become a cosmic vending machine when you're victory after victory after victory because that's all that you know. Now, it is possible to do it. I want you to know that. I don't want you to hear that you're, you, know, you have to go through down times. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying when you're having good times, be very aware of keeping your relationship with God. It becomes so important to press in with God when everything is going right. That's the easiest time to forget about him. But when we're in a hard time, we see a side of God that we don't see when we're on the upside of the mountain. We see God as a comforter. We see how the Holy Spirit, we experience his closeness. We experience his love for us in a whole different way. So these moments are a time to gain a whole new knowledge of who God is and what he wants to do in your life. I just want to share with you guys um, something that's coming to my mind um, that just relates to exactly what they're talking about. And I know I'm on the younger side of 80 
Um, but th this is something that just recently, like, I feel like God literally just showed me. And um, I just had the privilege of being at um, a Young Life camp. And um, I think back to being in your seat and struggling with so many things that were so deeply hidden that I didn't allow God access to for a long time because I allowed him access to the surface level of it, but I didn't really break down the walls and allow him to use me um, through that. And so I think that there's some people who maybe you've allowed God, you've allowed the truth, like you've heard what Taylor said, you've heard what, you know, your small group leader said, you've been doing your devos, and you're hearing the truth of God, and so you're letting it start to heal you, but the idea of letting him use you sounds too, way too far, that God wouldn't use someone like you, wouldn't use a story like yours to help transform others. And so um, I've shared this, you know, before in here, and one of the things that I struggled with in high school, this is just one thing, this doesn't identify who I am or who I even was, um, but one of the things I struggled with in high school and middle school was an eating disorder. And I just thought, you know, that is... Um, you know, something that God transforms. So I can boast about God's healing power and I can come forward and talk about it because it's awesome. But um, I didn't really, I don't think, believe that God could use that in the future for someone else. And so for each of you guys, there is a testimony to come of God's faithfulness in your life despite the trials you're facing right now. Whether that trial is not getting into um, whatever it is, or maybe that trial is death and it's heartbreak, um, it's parents divorcing, it's really tough stuff. No matter where you feel like your issues are at on that spectrum, there isn't just healing, but there's actually testimony and transformation power for each of you guys. Yeah, yeah. So when I was at Malibu with Emma can testify to this, um, what happens in cabin time stays in cabin time. We all know that if you've been to camp. But the, there was a night where we had um, a great moment of sharing, of being open with one another. And before I went into that moment, I just prayed, God, give me you know, the, the right words to say or just shut my mouth if you don't want me to keep talking and let everyone just share what they need to share. And God did his thing when I broke down my walls, and one after another, boom, 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 four people shared about their struggle with an eating disorder. Did it get fixed in that moment? No. But I left that cabin and truly cried out to God and saw his full circle moment and saw his transformation power and, and God just speaking to me like, here's your why. Yeah. But I couldn't have known that when I was 15 sitting in your seat. I couldn't have known. And so I, I share that to encourage you guys. Um, there's a scripture in, in 1 Peter 1 that I think when I had read it then, I would have thought that's great, 
but I don't see how that's true. And I can read it now and understand God's promise. And so I am just saying this to you, testifying of how I know God can use each of your stories. It's this First uh, Peter 1, 6 through 7. It says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It, it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through your faith is far more precious than mere gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when, you faith, when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Um, there's two, two more things and then we're gonna, we're gonna bring the music back up. Um, Jesus gave us, so John 16, John 14, 15, and 16 are, are, are really important verses because Jesus is about, he's God and he's about ready to go to the cross and die. And he knows these guys are going to freak out in just a half a second. And so I read John 14, 15, and 16, because if, if this is what Jesus chose to say before the biggest issue that these men were ever going to face, I, I, then we, I think it's, it's valid to read. And in this, Jesus is trying to, to help them out. And he says, I've told you these things, all the stuff that he said in 14, 15, 16. He goes, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you are going to have tribulation and trials, distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident and undaunted. For I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying, I have deprived it of its power to harm you. And I have conquered it for you. So what do we do when truth hurts? We do everything that we've talked about. And we stand undaunted knowing that Jesus will give us what we need. And so we're going to go into some time of prayer because there's a couple things that I really feel like God wants to do. Um, when we're hurting and crying out, when you're in the presence of God who created you, there is not a time that you stand in the presence of God that you leave unchanged. Never. If you open up your heart to the things of God, and you don't even have to know what's happening because he searches deep with on the inside. He goes in and he searches and he brings healing. And so just as Michaela was talking about, of, can, we have the, can we have the band come, here coming up? Okay. Um, just as Michaela was talking about, with that she was in a situation that she allowed God somewhat in, but not all the way in. I'm going to invite you tonight as we go into worship to open up on the inside and allow God to bring healing.
because I just sensed as we were teaching that the truth that is hurting you isn't something that someone's telling you or something that's happening in your life. But for some of you, the truth that's inside that's hurting you is a lie you're believing. Maybe it's depression of some kind. Maybe it's shame because you know you did something. Maybe something's happened to you that you've never told anybody. And you keep these things hidden away. I feel like God wants to meet you there tonight. So we've talked about a lot. We've talked about what to do. And there's some people in this room that have gotten news that is painful. There's some people in this room that are facing situations personally or in your family or even in your friend group and it's painful. And then there's some in here that you have a much more private pain that you're dealing with. And it's deep insecurity on the inside that you, it's there and it's gnaws away at you when you put your head on the pillow at night. And God wants to wrap his arms around you and lift you up to a place where you are undaunted that you can take courage. And so can we um, stand to our, can we stand to our feet? We're going to just pray, we'll just worship for a little bit. We're going to open up the altar. And if you would like prayer, come forward. Don't stay in your seat. God's here to meet your needs. He's here to touch the place that hurts and to bring healing. I was just reading today about how a leper came to Jesus. And you know, no one would touch the lepers because anyone that would touch the leper, the leprosy would come on them. But that's not how it works with God. He can enter into the world of leprosy and hold on to them, and it doesn't defile him at all. Instead, the leper became healed. And so you can bring your leprosy to the Lord, and he can touch it and bring healing. God, we give you this space tonight. Can we open up? Can we close our eyes? I mean, can we close our eyes and just lift our hearts to God? Father, we open up our hearts to you tonight. We surrender to you tonight. God, there are pains inside that seem so heavy. Thank you that I don't have to shoulder it myself, but that you will shoulder it for me. There's places in my heart that I'm embarrassed of that hurt, that I'm so confused and insecure about. Thank you that you don't leave me in those spaces alone. And so we give this time to you at the altar.